the Louisiana Swamplands. Out here, you're either lunch or you're enjoying it. Make sure you end up on top with the all-powerful lineup of Kia SUVs, like the Telluride, Sportage, and Sorento, equipped with available all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and the interior capacity to bring everything you need. So you'll always remain more than a gator's length ahead. Visit your local Kia dealer today to find your next adventure in our ever-capable lineup of SUVs. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Welcome to the Single Cell World, the podcast for scientists in which we disentangle single cell technology. Here, frustration and failure are transformed into clarity and understanding. I am Katia Motinho, and in this podcast, I want to share with you my experience in single cell research. How? In the form of useful advices that you can use in the lab after each episode. Ready to learn? Let's start! Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. I hope everything is good on your side. Today I will talk, well, we will talk about nuclei, about single nuclei experiments, protocols, a lot of things. And for that, I have a special guest, that is Dr. Luciano Martellotto. Yes. Hi Lou, how are you? I got you. How are you? I'm very happy good, to be here. Thank you for accepting this invitation and to be here in this episode. So I can introduce you, but I think it's better for you to introduce yourself because I'm sure I will leave some details out. So can you start well, telling sure. where you come from? Okay, my name is Luciano Mardella. I was born in Argentina and where I did my PhD in plants genetics, so mm -hmm. plants molecular biology. And then I moved to Australia to initiate another PhD. And then I did a postdoc in cancer biology. And that's when I got kind of introduced to the genomics of things. You know, that's when I learned about the sequencing and all of that. All the molecular biology was fine and I still in love with it. Uh, but the genomics was something that it was new to me. But one thing that I we realized then is that, yeah, we generate a lot of data, but then it was really hard to analyze. So we were kind of a little bit of ahead of time, at least in Australia, and of on what we were doing. And then I got I I went to the US to do a postdoc and uh, the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and that's when I got kind of really embedded into cancer genomics in general and understanding you know mutations and changes in the progression of, of clones and things like that. And then I was in a pathology department, mm -hmm. and that time that was too early. 13, I think. And that at that time, the first single cell copy number profiling major paper came out from Cold Spring Harbor. And I was just fascinated by that. And <laughs> I told my we should do this. It's so awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we, sh we should definitely do this, but we need to do it mm -hmm. from formally fixed paraffin embedded tissues. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, and I spent the next, you know, two or three years trying to optimize a way to extract nuclei from formally fixed paraffin embedded tissues, mm -hmm. which for those that are not familiar with it, this is a, a very, very, very old technique in which you take the tissue from a patient and you you fix it with formalin, which actually cross-links protein with protein, protein with DNA, DNA on tissue sections from that, then what's going on and do diagnosis or prognosis in some cases. So, and then the tissue is embedded in sort of like a wax material and then that is used for sectioning. So, and there are millions and millions and millions and millions of those blocks dating back to 100 years perhaps. And because I was in a pathology department, we had access to many of those. 
So the idea was to, if we can sort of break the barrier of the cross-linking situation, which obviously make all of these tissues reluctant to any molecular biology technique, because the DNA and the RNA is cross-linked, the protein is cross-linked, and whatever you extract from there is just damaged and destroyed and fragmented. So they were not, I mean, when that technology was planned, it was in, nobody was thinking about, oh, maybe someday someone <laughs> wants to do something say with us. So I, I think that wasn't considered, but hopefully it's going to change in the future, but mm-hmm. in the present. So anyway, at that time, we managed to make it happen and and, and that's when I go my first interaction with nuclear preparation. So I, you know, submerge in in a lot of these nuclear preparation methods and combine a few things to actually make it happen and it worked. But then I, you know, I moved back to Australia to and I started working in in another single cell lab uh, mm-hmm. to sub, set up my own lab and within another lab. And then we started doing this news. And that's when I met how I learned about 10x technologies. That was 2016, and we started working on 10x, and that was amazing being able to profile thousands mm-hmm. of thousands of thousands of cells when before I was just profiling a hundred cells and I was super yeah. happy with that but now we can do all of them at once and all this microfluidic craziness that mm-hmm. was groundbreaking and, and I think that was an, an amazing time and, uh, to witness yeah. that happening then I got obviously one of mm-hmm. the main issues that we had was uh, I was in a cancer research institute and that cancer research institute the majority of the samples are either FFP or yeah. snap mm-hmm. samples Yes. now the key thing for 10x technology is that mm-hmm. because you're with a droplet microfluidics you need to have the cells live and health mm-hmm. and intact uh, which is not going to happen if you are working with frozen samples because they are usually not necessarily uh, when I mean frozen I'm not saying cryopreserved just to you know to do tissue yeah. culture later or organoids but mostly snap frozen put straight into liquid nitrogen and uh fast freezing it breaks the membranes and, and it does a, a mess with the cell structure so what's the next option so we were investigating potential options and we said well how about we strike nuclear at the same time some other group in the US was actually thinking the same thing and I think that they actually managed to do it first congratulations to them but the good thing for us is that we were on the right track so we started doing some nuclear RNA seq mm-hmm. and in this case with pancreas you know wow. out of yeah, all yeah. Yes. So uh, uh, for those that are not familiar with pancreas, pancreas is one of those samples that has, is a, every cell of pancreas is a little bag of full of ironases. So yeah. it's Degradates not everything. Yeah. I know. So, but, it, but it was great because we managed to do it. And and one of the main things for that, it's a pancreas wasn't easy to work with. The, mm-hmm. the preparation were a little bit uh, dirty. And so we started looking for other protocols that were available and took bits and pieces from different protocols to develop one approach mm-hmm. to yeah. prepare nuclei. And that worked beautifully with 10X. And that's the one that we call the Frankenstein protocol yes. because we took bits and pieces from different uh, other protocols to make this mm-hmm. happen and it worked really really well and we managed to finish the project and a lot of people adopted it and you know we we made it available not no publication we just put in protocols.io because mm-hmm. for us it was the, the source of you know free yes. protocols yeah. and uh sharing and, and that's how i you know i started working since then everything that I, whenever i can i put my hands on nuclear i do it you know? <laughs> yeah yeah you are an expert well if you don't know let me tell you that you are a reference for single nuclei sequencing <laughs> and so my question is, do you prefer working with cells or with nuclei? With cells, especially if you have to dissociate the tissue. And mm-hmm. because the cells, it when you do dissociations of tissues, the 
you know, you received in the body. And you, then you put the tissue in a tube that contains minimal media, no serum, very little nutrients. And you, on top of that, you are digesting. I'm not yeah. sure that any cell will be happy in that situation. So the cells start stressing. They will not. <laughs> and then on top of that, because they are not necessarily cancer cells and you are dissociating and cells are not used to or not wired to be alive without mm -hmm. the stress matrix or, or to without being in touch with other cells. So they then commit, you know, this suicide and they die yeah. by, mm -hmm. in, from this version of apoptosis called anoiki. So they, they, they tend to die because they're not happy and they yeah. stress or they stress genes. And then when we profile those, we see mm -hmm. those stress. Now, of yeah. course, today there are a lot of studies on that and we can pinpoint what are the stress cells or not. But ideally it's not to stress. That doesn't yeah. mean that the nuclei is not going to present those stress. If the mm -hmm. tissue before snap freezing has been stressed, the stress is going to be there. Yes. Right? No matter what. Well, this is why we always need to optimize the sample preparation to try to reduce 100%. this timing, reducing the stress, reducing yeah. Yeah, the handling of the samples. So, yeah. I mean, I understand that it's hard to sometimes optimize, especially when you don't yes. know. If you've never done single cell, you need to get yourself acquainted with the methodologies because it's not the same as when you dissociate for tissue culture and play. You're going to have a lot of cell death and that cell mm -hmm. death is really bad for your experiments, especially if you're working with experiments that involve droplet microfluidics, right? Because yes. in those cases, if you have a lot of cell death, the first thing that happens when the cells is dying, it just loses this impermeability of the plasma mm -hmm. membrane. You get RNA out of the cells so the, yeah. the, the, the membrane becomes leaky. That RNA ends up in your buffer, reverse transcription buffer and grill mm -hmm. what we know as a soup. And then mm -hmm. within the droplet, you're not only going to have yourself, but also the RNA coming from other cells that die and, and yes. mitochondria from other cells. And, and a lot of things that actually contribute to the noise mm -hmm. of your data. Now, with the yes. nuclear, it happens the same thing. But the difference is you don't have to dissociate. You don't need to know what the enzyme, mm -hmm. what is the best cocktail of enzyme that is going to target this particular extracellular matrix. It doesn't work like that. So it's mm -hmm. slices buffer. There are different versions of it. Some of them are better. Some mm -hmm. of them are worse. Some of them work better with columns. Some better work better with breast cancer. But you need to still optimize mm -hmm. your nuclear yeah. separation. And what you want is clean single cells or clean single nuclear operations. Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever you do, that's your end mm -hmm. point. How do you get to there? That requires practice. It requires a lot of consultations with vets that have done it before. So you need to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of information out there. Yeah, and for that, contact us as single cell ninjas. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> you can contact us or contact me in the single cell world. So yeah, well, I don't know, Lo, but I think we already said this before. We are here to help. Uh, so everyone Absolutely. that uh, the experts and non-experts. So yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen, we have struggled in our own labs and, and seen other people struggle. So mm -hmm. when we decided to set up the single cell ninja yeah. a few years ago, the reason why we thought about it was because we thought we don't want this to happen to anyone else. Anymore. Yes, because it yeah. can be. Uh, I don't want to sound too dramatic here, but it can be mm -hmm. life changing if you actually yes. marked up an experiment that is a hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you really want to make sure that that doesn't happen, and and if we can yes. help avoid those things, we are mm -hmm. here to help. Yeah, because as I always say, our experience comes from mistakes that we learn with. So we have just to avoid those mistakes, asking us what to do. For example, what about the Frankenstein protocol? Can you give me like 
a little bit an idea of the workflow. So I have my tissue, I don't yep. know, pancreas tissue. What should I do? Put lysis oh, Thank you for, the, for reminding <laughs> me the pancreas thing. The pancreas protocol is, a, I, is, to be honest, it's not a protocol that I use currently mm-hmm. because things have kind of progressed and especially because uh, not everybody has access to some part of the internet, which I will explain now, the workflow. But the idea was to always get the cleanest nuclear preparation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do we get there? So there are different ways. So the nuclear preparation, preparing nuclei, that was something that I had already been exposed before. So I knew what buffers to use, what buffer not to use. So, but that wasn't, that's not really the key of the Frankenstein protocol, the original mm-hmm. buffer. In this case, we use a commercial buffer mm-hmm. that was available from, from one of these companies. And, and the idea of that was, I want to have a buffer that I don't have to worry about having the same quality every time. So yeah. I, I get a commercial buffer, it's lot controlled, or so mm-hmm. I thought, and then <laughs> and then and then you move from there. So once you get the nuclear preparation, the first thing that you need to do is just remove a lot of mm-hmm. the fat and a lot of the big chunky pieces because you're not going to be able to mince everything. I usually do the mincing with, with a standard, this plastic or pestle that pestle, fits perfect yeah. in an ebender tube. And, you know, it just means that you add a little bit of the buffer with ironizing very, yes. very sensitive to temperatures. You always keep an eye, just mince it, mince it. And then when you, 20 strokes of that thing, that would just do the job. Mm-hmm. This buffer is very it's strong, but not too strong, but it still works really well. And then after that, you need to filter that just to remove mm-hmm. all the chunky bits. You, you normally use some of those meshes that are 70 micron just to remove the big chunkies. Anything yeah. else? The centrifuge and then you do a series of washes, washes and washes mm-hmm. and washes. The idea of the washes is to, first of all, to exchange or remove any lysis buffer that you may have that because the lysis buffer will interfere with mm-hmm. the droplet generation and also to remove as much as you can from, from the debris. Now, the point was in the case of the pancreas and pancreas, brain, breast, some of these, are, yeah. it doesn't matter how many times you centrifuge and wash, mm-hmm. the debris is still there. There is, yeah. So we we started using the fax sorting mm-hmm. to clean up the samples. But clearly, you need to have a fax sort yeah. uh, uh, machine. So in, in our case, we, we did have a fax. So we were actually sorting the nuclei directly into the reverse transcription buffer. And yeah. that changed for us the quality of the of the preparation. So obviously, because we were only sorting 10,000 cells, and if you use the right nozzle, you may have one cells per nanoliter. So if you mm-hmm. take 10,000 cells, that's 10 microliters. So we knew yeah. how much volume we, we need to add mm-hmm. to top it up to the final volume of the mix. Yes. And it worked very, very well from then on. And it worked for breast and it worked for brain. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Frankenstein was. But the problem was that the, not everybody had a sort of Yes, that was my next question. What do you do? So- Yes. Density so what, protocol. Yes, correct. So we we so you know most of my the comments that I would get in in the forums were so I don't have a fax machine. What do mm-hmm. I do? I say okay, well <laughs> let me think about it. So we we started working on another protocol to be able to remove this debris without mm-hmm. having to use a fax machine. So and we started using a protocol that that uses that uses OptiPrep as um as a gradient discontinuous gradient have two gradients uh, two different densities and in the continuous gradient, you only have one, one. but mm-hmm. essentially you collect 
the nucleus as a pellet at the bottom, whereas mm -hmm. all the debris are at the top. And then you okay. remove the top, get rid of the debris, and then you you keep and you keep doing that gradient mm -hmm. several times until okay. you get the cleanest sparkling nuclear breaks. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that worked really, really well. And that protocol is called the daughter of Frankenstein mm -hmm. because yes. I joke of the original one, right? And, yeah. and it works very, very well. The next protocol that we actually made available, and that was because, you know, the this buffer that I was saying mm -hmm. before. So these two protocols, the Frankenstein and the daughter of Frankenstein, work well. It doesn't matter what buffer is for license. Yeah, right? So, but we were using the commercial buffer. That's that's yes, the yes. protocol. And you use yeah. whatever you want. But then we decided to see which buffer is actually a good buffer to actually get higher numbers of counts per, per transcripts. And we tested a few a few of those and, and there were a few combinations of buffer and then there was one buffer that it happened by mistake we put incorrectly the num the, the amount of <laughs> salt and uh, and the amount of, of the lysis buffer but it turns out that that was the the right one and that's the one that we call mm -hmm. the salt easy Salty. buffer Okay. okay. Yeah. So there are mm -hmm. two versions: the ten and the fifty. The yeah. ten is ten percent of one of the commercial buffer, and the fifty is fifty percent of the commercial buffer. And that both of them work really well, not just only with RNA but also with attack. Okay. So uh, or oh, multium. As you can see, most of these protocols were tailored for tenex genomics protocols yeah. because that was the butter horse of the lab, and and that's yeah. what we're doing. But I don't imagine why they wouldn't work with other uh, technologies. Mm. Yeah, because well, at the end you have nuclei, clean nuclei, right? And the final buffer of resuspension is just essentially yeah. very standard salt, like a PBS-based buffer or tree-based buffers, which is usually the typical uh, sort of like naive buffer for any of mm -hmm. these technologies. So it should be fine. When we talk about clean nuclei, like a clean solution with nuclei individualized, are we talking about 0% of debris or no? There is always oh. some debris. <laughs> Yeah, there will be always some debris. Well, yeah. it's reality for everyone. <laughs> yeah, there are cases in which the debris can be completely removed, and that's when you mm -hmm. work with saline. Yes. <laughs> uh, if... But in, in real life and especially in, in solid some, tissues, some brain, yeah, from solid tissues, the debris is never going to be 100%, but you can certainly go from 100% debris to 10% debris. And I think that 10% debris is okay, but mm -hmm. it all depends. You know, I there is no solution for these things. The problem with the debris is that depending what type of debris we have, some of them mm -hmm. are more are stickier than others. So a yes. sticky debris will trap other molecules of RNA, you know, yeah. and mm -hmm. that's going to end up in your droplets and do the same thing that we discussed before with the soap. It's, you will have to get a little bit of the feeling running a pilot, you know, since we are yes. talking now about that, I think the pilot is an important thing to mention here. Yeah. You will always have to run a pilot. Do mm -hmm. not rush final experiment because there is no point to do that. You need yes. to run a small experiment and a pilot doesn't mean an experiment that is exactly the same as your final experiment. It means mm -hmm. a smaller scale experiment, which it has to be tailored so that you get the answers that you want to improve your final experiment. It could be if your question is, what is the best buffer? You need to concentrate on the best buffer. If mm -hmm. your question is about how many cells, you need to question how many cells. Yes. You can't do a pilot included everything because no. it becomes a massive experiment bigger than you mm -hmm. actually expect. Right? Yes. So, and even if you think that this is an expensive exercise, mm -hmm. the answer to that is 
crisis. Yes, it is. But it also will save you a lot of money long term because you, yes. you narrow the things that you need to adjust and then you move on. And it will but take I, probably a couple of iterations. If you are used to it, it will be, you will know what to change. If mm-hmm. you're not used, you talk to people that have done that before, so it can yes. guide you. But if you're still stubborn and you don't want to do it, it will take you a couple <laughs> of years. Yes, yes, yes. No, I agree. Yeah, and it should be step by step, as you said. Like the optimization should be, if you are, as you said, focus in what step do you want to improve in your protocol? And I don't think it's more expensive than not optimizing and doing a single cell experiment. No. You know, the no, optimization the, 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 of you, sample. You will never know. Right? You run this yeah, yeah. final experiment, you will never know. You say, oh, no. I failed, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and then, unfortunately, there is no way to recoup that, you know. It's, no. There is no approach that can save your data. So you, yeah. you need to run the experiment, need to make sure that you read your protocols a few mm-hmm. times before you start not realizing that, oh, I forgot to put the mm-hmm. thermomixer at 37. Yes. So it's okay if the cells stay there here for a little mm-hmm. bit. No, it's not. It's, yeah. You have to do uh, all of that. And that's, I, look, to be honest, I don't I don't blame not being able to grasp the entire protocol. You know, it happens mm-hmm. the same when we cook. I like yeah. cooking. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you, now and then, and I admit, now and then I, because I'm so used to being in the lab, I get cocky and I go and I get a <laughs> recipe and I say, ah, that should be fine. And then by halfway, I say, ah, I should have boiled the water. And I, you know. Yes. It's less expensive than a 10x yes. experiment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I always say that the sample preparation is the part where we take more time because, well, if you have a protocol optimized for you, I need to optimize with my hands and at my lab with the reagents. And for me, oh. this is the part we should take more time because when we have the nuclei in suspension that are amazing, after it's just follow protocol that was optimized by company and R&D team and normally my experience is that if you follow the protocol, everything will be okay. So sample preparation is what we should invest more time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, there is always something that I end my so and, and this was this was said by my, my friend Mandovi mm-hmm. from the Harvard Medical School single cell core when we used to work together. And she said to me once, and I always use that as my mm-hmm. end slide, right? <laughs> yes. I paraphrased it a little bit, but she, mm-hmm. it came from her and I and I want to credit that. So she said, sometimes experiments fail because mm-hmm. the protocol is not optimized mm-hmm. well enough. But most of the times experiments fail because the user is not optimized for the protocol. Yes. It's true. <laughs> that means that they have never practiced it. They just go like that and are crazy and do it and boom. And then they realize that they spend a lot of money on that. I know it takes time. It takes samples. It yes. takes resources. But it will not be as expensive as failing an experiment. Yes. Like an yeah. experiment. A lot of time, but it's worth it in terms of money. It's not. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Sample preparation, I think, is always the key. Especially to any of my collaborators or, or if I talk to anybody and I say, look, we need to get to this point right. If we don't fix this, 10x, parse, scale bio, uh, any of the of the companies, singular own, any of the companies out there, they have optimized their, yes. their workflow from the moment that you have the sample forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there is very little that you can do to improve that. Anything yeah. be, before that, there are no companies working on that. Maybe no, there is a business opportunity here. So there are kids 
that help you to do preparation of this and that, but they are not or protocols that have been by the company, but they are not, you know, across the board because there is so yes. much donating in the tissues yeah. that it's very hard to say, okay, this kid is going to work with everything. Even the protocols that we, we make available, they are mm-hmm. not infallible. They know no. they, they tend to fail sometimes. And, and again, mm-hmm. it could fail because the protocol is not good for that sample, but most of the time it's because the person hasn't practiced that enough. There is no one single protocol for everything. No, and I think there will not be a single protocol for everything because even if we are talking about the same type of tumor, I know, let's say colon cancer, you have two different tumors. The fibrosis, if it's more necrotic, less necrotic, mm-hmm. this can be different in these two tumors, right? Oh, so the protocol yeah. that we need to use, at least the timing of digestion, so it will be always different. We always need to optimize. So this that you were talking about business option, yeah. of, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it will be successful. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. If someone is listening to me and they have how to yeah, do Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I think we'll always so, lose money. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. So now my question is, for different types of tissues, do you recommend always the same uh, nuclei extraction protocol? or no. So we have one protocol that we always need to optimize, but there is one protocol or you recommend different protocols? Uh, look, I there have been a few papers coming from mm-hmm. a series of very well-known labs in which they kind of agree on the idea that, that there are protocols that work better with different samples. Yes. Which mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. Now, yeah. if you are starting a, your single cell journey and you are working with, I don't know, colorectal cancer, I would suggest to start looking into what mm-hmm. protocol was used for colorectal cancer and yes. successfully. Okay. Take that protocol with you. You read it. You see how feasible it is for you to do that. And then you do it yourself. Don't go to a core facility to do it for you because that's <laughs> not the same. Just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it works. And if you're happy with that, then take that. Now, of course, there are more generic protocols that, like, for example, the Frankenstein, the Salty, and the daughter of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. etc., which work with a lot of the samples. But as I said to you, and this is full disclosure, sometimes they don't work because the yeah. sample is too hard. Mm-hmm. When that happens, I have said, this sample, this protocol did not work well with heart tissue. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's fine. But there are other protocols for heart tissue that have been mm-hmm. available and that we've been, you know, optimizing. Mm-hmm. That you should be able to use that. So I think a little bit of homework, it's okay. So I would never recommend one protocol for everything. Okay. I would say you mm-hmm. have this protocol, this generic, that it will give you mm-hmm. more or less what you're after. Is that the most or the best? Protocol for you, probably not, but I don't know. I think you have to start from yeah. somewhere. And if I were you, I will go and do my own little research. Find if there is anything, if there is nothing, then go to those generic protocols, like the one mm-hmm. that we made up. Because mine are more generic, not necessarily mm-hmm. for a particular sample type. But there are others that you can find in protocols.io, in current protocols, uh, in, in Twitter. And you, yes. you just said colorectal cancer mm-hmm. protocol for nuclear preparation or yeah. for dissociation of cells. The same, same yes, idea, yes. right? So the way that the system works is that you put your protocols in there and then you get people testing it. Even if they are not fully optimized, you will have the opportunity to say, isn't the in, in development or is 
mm-hmm. so work in progress and people have commented on those things on those on the different steps and you mm-hmm. can just see that yeah. and you say look this didn't work for this and then it worked for that and then, so I think that's what I would recommend people to go mm-hmm. straight away protocols.io is where a lot of information is available from various protocols it's very well curated curated in the sense that people have curated them yeah. you know no it's not that the the developers are say oh this protocol is not good enough for here I think there mm-hmm. are version control there are several versions you can always use the latest version that includes comments and probably improvements yes. that people have suggested so that's what I you would normally go current protocols is more like a journal version mm-hmm. of this even though protocols.io also has a you know the ability to publish those things I'm talking about general protocols.io so the current protocols is also another way to do it mm-hmm. I usually interact with people in different mm-hmm. forums that have different I have no a fear to ask right so uh, if I don't well, know I don't we know, shouldn't yeah, that's the best yeah it's thing. like me I, I it's usually, the only way you know, to learn you can if you don't ask you don't learn so just ask yes, I know yes. but some people is you know some I know are, and I don't mm-hmm. blame them so I am a shy person by born shy but I I learn not to be shy <laughs> you so, are not shy I'm sorry I, I am very shy I am <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave a message here for everyone that uh, is listening to us. Ask me, ask Luciano. So don't be shy. Ask us whatever you want. Absolutely. <laughs> so we will reply. If you don't know, if we don't know, I if always I... say this. We will ask someone. Someone they, else. I so don't know. Yes, on Twitter. Or... Kind of like the answer is they will find it. And also, when I say I don't know, it means that I will also learn. If someone makes a question to me and I say, oh, I don't know, I will ask someone else. I'm learning also. So. So please ask us things. And then the other, so I use Twitter a lot in that sense. I mm-hmm. sometimes I don't know the answers and I just ask, has someone done this before? Or what's the best product for this one? And, you know, people is general, especially yes. the scientific community is very helpful in that. Yes. So they, yeah, yeah. they start popping up with messages saying, oh, I would try this protocol, it didn't work, blah, blah, blah. So there are different ways to find things. What I don't, and I, and this is because it was a hard lesson to learn, is I usually, the protocols from bioarchives or mm-hmm. the paper from bioarchives, I read them with an interest of, yes. wow, this is a new thing coming, but I know how that works. And I don't, I'm not 100% sure that all those yes. protocols are really either properly written or with the fullest of details uh, that mm-hmm. we need to repeat. Because the idea of a protocol is that you have enough details mm-hmm. that you can take it and repeat it yourself. Yes. If you have the knowledge of in, in, in the scientific world to read a protocol mm-hmm. and you are familiar with that type of protocol, you should be able to repeat it. But sometimes you yes. do that protocol and you see that the concentrations are completely <laughs> off and then you repeat those protocols and then yeah. they don't work. And it happened to well, me. It wasn't a typo per mm-hmm. se. It was something that was completely off and I kept doing that. And then when I look at the final version, it was nothing close yes. what was in the bioarchive i would say i love bioarchive for many reasons yes. uh, i will not take a bioarchive protocol and extract it and try to repeat i would i yes. contact the authors and say look can you give me the final versions of it i agree yeah and i, and I keep it as a conf- in confidence until you publish mm-hmm. but yes. i will not extract it straight from that not all yeah. the papers in bioarchive like that but how do you know yeah i don't know if you it happened to you but even the published papers sometimes you try to reproduce the protocols and yeah. it doesn't work well at least in my hands and i mean okay yeah, you always need to be careful. I, I just I, go to the the authors first. I say, look, can you yes, yes, is yes. it the final version? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and it's a launch myself into trying to find how things work and and then failing experiments are expensive in my case we're using precious samples from patients and i don't want if i was using cell lines yeah it's a lot of money waste everything but it's not precious samples so in mm-hmm. many case uh, either from a preclinical model or from patient samples i think you need to be careful just yes. ask what's the fun, the best protocols give me some tips authors in general are very generous in sharing that guess what they want the protocol to be used by us. Yes, that's right. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And do you have a favorite? I know that you don't have a protocol that you will say always this protocol, but consistently it's mm-hmm. the salty easy 50. Okay. That's the one that I'm using now as a every time, pam, 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 every time because it works for the salty easy 10. There are others available and I encourage mm-hmm. you to look for something yes. else and don't get stuck with this one. I use this one because I know that I know it very well. Yeah, I well, <laughs> yes, you developed. Uh, yeah, I should, but hey. But, you know, you forget things. I'm getting old. <laughs> and, well, we are. <laughs> so, but it works well and yeah. I haven't had mm-hmm. issues at all. And I know other people have validated in their labs. I know even 10X have validated themselves in mm-hmm. their own lab, you know, mm-hmm. and I think in that sense, I am happy how that works. But there are others. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, of course. And when Salty 10 and the Salty 50? Ah, uh, So that was the reason is if you, I would say start with the Salty 10. Okay. If you need that bread, because the Salty 10 is 10% of lysis buffer. Yes. Anything else is salt, okay? okay. High salt. Kitchen and, salt. And that, doesn't, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really... And it's based on a TST buffer. It's a high salt concentration, but usually doesn't use any detergent. So here we replace that with the detergent because we wanted to increase the, we use the TST by accident, but we, we wanted to actually increase the release of some of these tissues, in especially breast and ovarian cancer that were really hard to work with. Yeah. And the salty easy 10, that worked really well. Okay. Very, very mm-hmm. well with that. But there are other samples that are much harder to, yeah. to okay. prepare, be more strength because the easy 10 is 10% of the standard license yes. buffer. Okay. Easy 10, the salty is 50, is a little stronger buffer and it will mm-hmm. finish up the, the job. Okay. What type of tissues you will tell? Don't lose your time extracting, trying to extract cells. Go for nuclei extraction directly. What type of tissues? Brain, I uh, suppose. Brain, definitely brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Unless you manage just to purify beautiful neurons, uh, yeah. you have well. brain. I would say anything that has been snap frozen, clearly. Yes. Uh, usually so the beauty for the nuclear is that it expands a lot of the molecular biology toolbox that we have so for difficult samples like this one like brain for instance that you cannot get intact cells for tissues that have been frozen and you yes. know that the cells are going to be damaged or they are yeah. dead for tissues that viability is a problem like Petty for example tissue, for example adipose yes uh, adipose mm-hmm. tissue definitely because you are going to get very yes. little from that and from tissues that pancreas. were the pancreas, yes. Now, okay. yes, mm-hmm. pancreas is one that we, uh, that's a difficult sample in which RNA quality can be a problem if, if you leave it, leave it digested for too long uh, rather than viability. So viability mm-hmm. is the other problem. And for example, some colorectal samples tend to, the stroma tend to die faster than the cancer okay. cells. So you might as well, if you can just prepare nuclei, there's empirical experience in those samples for over the years. And the first thing that they have done mm-hmm. is just put in snap in, in yes. nitrogen. That's when viability, RNA quality, redness mm-hmm. of the tissue and, okay. and 
cell integrity. That's where when I would actually work with nuclear. And of course, if you want to go on technologies like a toxic in which you prepare a nuclear and then you just yes. go straight into the nuclear. Yeah, because that toxic, you need the chromatin, the DNA. So you don't need anything else. Anything. Else. But, you know, obviously, even even for multi-arm technologies these days, you're actually using nuclei because you don't want mm-hmm. to, even though you can use a whole cell, but you yes. don't want your attack library to be contaminated or mined with mm-hmm. mitochondria because that's what is more abundant and is what the time and taste is going to hit first and faster. Yes. Obviously, there are other applications in which you can use the whole cells, including the mitochondria, to be able to use the mitochondria for linear tracing, you know, commutations yes. in there mm-hmm. and things like that. But, you know, that depends yeah. on what is your final objective of, of the project. Yeah. yeah, this is something that you need to kind of know before you start a sample preparation or a single cell protocol or a single nuclear protocol. What do you want? And then you try to find the best protocol and having all these considerations. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And plants. Did you try to isolate nuclei from plants? Not me. We... But do you know someone? Yes. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, there is a group in, in Perth, a group from Brian Listers. They, you know, they've been working in, in single nuclear RNA from plants for a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you need to remove the cell wall and yeah. get those structures that look like cells, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not cell. Sort yeah. of. And they have a lot of experience on that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, okay. I haven't. Yeah. But okay. it's definitely possible. Okay. And the data. So for you, there is differences between getting data, mRNA data from cells and and mRNA data from uh, nuclei? Mm-hmm. Or you think that yeah. right now there is not such a difference? There will always be differences because the amount of RNA in a cell is different to the amount of RNA in the nuclei. So you, the nuclei, you, you kind of sacrificing a little bit of the sensitivity of the method. But hey, you are extracting, yes. you are doing RNA from nuclei, from a sample that you could not otherwise profile. So bring it on. Right. Yeah. So, and these days, uh, we we recently, I mean, eventually, gonna make uh, soon. We're gonna make for a much larger publication in which working with formalin fixed tissue samples. So mm-hmm. we are actually extracting nuclear and doing RNA seq <laughs> on those, and that works way much better than trying to extract cells from those new from those F formalin. Yeah. Sorry, if you try to prepare, okay, and I know that. NX have already said that they can do it and everything. I put a protocol, but in my experience, yes, it's possible. But what you get, to my surprise, in most of the samples, not in some very simple to use kind of sample, mm-hmm. in the real world samples, what you get yeah. is a mixed bag of things. You get debris, you mm-hmm. get whole cells, okay. and half a cell, a third yeah. of a cell, <laughs> a nuclei. So you get nuclei and then you get nuclei with a little bit of cells and then cell. Mm-hmm. So that is not what you want in your single cell RNA seq data. You don't want that because you just know it just doesn't mm-hmm. make any yeah. sense. So, but we started doing that and I didn't like That's we didn't amazing. like how the things were looking at. And then we decided to move to actually nuclear preparation. And then we kind of developed this workflow that is allows you to prepare very nice nuclear preparations from formalin fixed tissue samples and also from archival samples. And then yeah. we put that through uh, the RNA flex kit from Tenex, which is essentially a probe-based approach. Yes. So yeah. that workflow is called single nuclear pathosic, pathophore because it's pathology archives, right? So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it works very, very awesome. 
to be honest. Of course, it depends on how good the sample was. I mean, if you if you yes. give me a sample of 40 years old, 15 years old, that has been kept in the drawer of someone, that's not going to really pan out. But we have tested it and with many samples and it looks really, really good. I think we, we actually mm-hmm. compared with fresh frozen that we had nuclear from and then we profiled the same sample through another path, which mm-hmm. is taking the nuclei, fixing it and all running through the standard yeah. three prime kit day and night. That's good. So pathology. No, this is really good. Will be a game changer because we all know oh, it. I think so at least. Too. I mean, yeah. I, I hope people adopt it because it will allow I think there is a lot of noise in there that, yeah, you can prepare cells. Yes, you can prepare cells, of course, <laughs> but you're going to, you know, just focus yeah. on the nuclear. If the sample is good, you're going to get good quality data from it. And I imagine being able to do single nuclear RNA from formalin fixed tissues. It will be a game changer because with patients, archive samples, everything is in paraffin. So it's Correct. how do you and preserve the, you don't the need tissues to worry in the about, hospitals? You don't need to worry about viability. You don't need to worry yes. about the, you know, anything, anything less. And, and, and because you have a beautiful histology mm-hmm. you'll be able to say okay i want this region i don't want all of yes. that that's all normal thing that we don't want yeah, yeah. or you want to say okay if you run this rna seq you have all these mm-hmm. long-term follow-ups on these particular samples you don't yes. need to wait for a patient to to perish to actually go back and study a particular sample because it's yeah, already yeah. there there's a lot of no, genetic no. material we can use so hopefully the this uh, is of use for for many mm-hmm. people and we can can really make a difference. I think you will make it. Well, you are already making a difference. Uh, I mean, I mean in, we as true. in, as in <laughs> general, all of, all, all of the I know. scientists. Not just me, I no, mean, yeah. but I really think uh, it will be a game changer because you know that clinical setting. So it's been difficult for single cell technology reach that setting because of the type of samples. That is, most of Absolutely. them are paraffin embedded. So I think it will be, well, a good, good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Louisiana Swamplands. Out here, you're either lunch or you're enjoying it. Make sure you end up on top with the all-powerful lineup of Kia SUVs, like the Telluride, Sportage, and Sorento, equipped with available all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and the interior capacity to bring everything you need. So you'll always remain more than a gator's length ahead. Visit your local Kia dealer today to find your next adventure in our ever-capable lineup of SUVs. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Protein, okay, and RNA for nuclei. Because right now there is some people doing it, but it's difficult because of the antibodies in the, hmm. that stain the yeah. nucleus, the membrane. So, what do you I think about it? I, yeah, I haven't had a lot of success on those. Yeah. I was one of the first, but that was ages ago, the first mm-hmm. time trying the hashtags on nuclei. And that was developed, I think it was the Rajab Lab. I can't remember then, but mm-hmm. that was sort of commercialized by a legend and i did not get good results with that and for the reasons that you said i got i got <laughs> yeah just, i decided not to so if i if i want to hashtag nuclear i would probably use multi-seek the 
using cholesterol modified oligos or, or yeah. lipid modified oligos, uh, more probably cholesterol modified oligos, but because of the quenching on the BSA, BSA mm-hmm. some, some technical data there, but the important thing is that they work well. Now it's not perfect. Okay. Well, perfect. as I but, always say, there is, there is always limitations on technology, on protocols. So yeah, that is always like that. Yeah. I also used, I always use multi-sig. I don't okay. use anything unless uh, someone wants to use some antibody for hashtag. Mm-hmm. Which I say, yeah, okay, but you know, we, yeah. we know that it relies on the expression of those epidopes. And yes. if you have complex samples, you know, I don't know. And you need to do titration that a lot of people forget to do it. So yeah, yeah. it's more complicated. But, no, yeah. I a lot agree. Of people don't do. Well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't do they don't even know what it is. <laughs> so. That's okay. I don't I don't I don't do it either, but I, I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, multisig, it's already commercialized or is still uh, yes, owned? Yes, it is actually. Okay. Surprisingly enough, it's commercialized. It's been a long haul waiting for it. Mm-hmm. It's commercialized by Sigma Aldrich. Okay, and, Sigma. And they, they do sell the two lipid modified oligos and mm-hmm. the only thing that you purchase on the side is the barcoded oligos from any of the okay. your pro, your favorite primary provider you know okay yeah so we are almost finishing Lou talking about nuclei of course we can stay here to do other Whatever, episodes yeah, yeah. talking about <laughs> things but about nuclei <laughs> so uh, where do you see the single nuclei uh, sequencing going like what do you see for the future do you see multi-omics more do what do you yeah oh look i don't think I, I think you guys here to stay in the same way that hmm. single cell stay i think it's yeah it's always going to be of use at least mm-hmm. for the next you know five years or so i mean i'm saying five just to give you a number but yeah, yeah. i think you know it, in combination with spatial omics yeah. these days for example i i, I mean three just give you an example that we're doing with single nuclear today which i imagine that will be used in the future as well so we have we are the next and then we run the sm pathosic on the same sample and now we're using that sample, the mm-hmm. nuclei, to be able to yeah. better annotate the spatial data. And it's amazing how better that performs, that if you try to do mm-hmm. it just with the spatial data. Even better, in not so much in Xenium, but even better because Xenium, you have single cell resolution, okay? Yes. But in Vizium, which is still a very good technology, even though mm-hmm. the resolution is not single cell. Yes. Because in every one of the little spots, you have probably anything, ten, three, six, seven cells. Yes. Sometimes the information coming from there or the signature from a particular cell population is diluted. But if you yes. do have the single cell data, you're going to be able to actually say the composition of each one of the spots more accurately yeah. than if you know. And then you're going to be able to say, okay, this spot here and this spot here and this spot here, they belong to this particular cell yeah. or contains yeah. this particular cell type, which is where they are supposed to be located. But if you don't have the single cell data and then you just let the software just guess what yeah. you have in there, it's going to take the best guess to the dilution. You know, yes, so, yes. and we have seen a massive improvement mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the value of single nuclear RNA seq. In this case, from mm-hmm. from FFP, but uh, I think that it's going to stay here for a while. I always say that if you have money, if you have a um, solid tissue, you should do single cell and then do special. And like this, you have information oh, of the single I, I cell, that... cell types, mm-hmm. everything for after identify the cells yeah. better I agree. in the special um, results. I think it's so, a, yeah. when the field moves sufficiently enough forward in which we do try single cell resolution spatial transcriptomics yeah. when we get to that point because at this point yes unfortunately if someone is believing what we're seeing <laughs> I, I think you 
it's too risky because yes. you're not at the point in which you know you, you put something in something in a sequence and you know that if, if the sequencer gives you A T G C T, you know that that's what it is with yeah. a degree of probability of mm-hmm. being an error. Now we only have this marketing coming from companies and oh wow, our yes. technology can predict <laughs> this and that, and it's the best of the best. Mm, well, mm. Let's see. So until we get to that point, I think I agree. the single cell is going to be very useful mm-hmm. because it's going to help us a lot. Because yeah. we have today, the state of the art of spatial transcriptomics today is what single cell was like six years ago or more yes. or less. So there's still a lot to learn. There's a lot mm-hmm. of companies claiming to be the best one, but the race has just started. So I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think we are ready for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is very early stages to commit to anything. Mm-hmm. Of course, some places need to commit to a particular technology because yes. sometimes it's strategic moves. Sometimes it's because you don't want you want to be on the wave of mm-hmm. technology yes. and sometimes you don't want to run behind mm-hmm. technology. Or, uh, you don't want to be, oh, yes, well, okay, you know. I want to be able to publish one of those nature papers first than mm-hmm. anybody else. Reasons yes. behind why you buy an instrument, there are many. But yeah. I think we need to acknowledge that we are not quite there yet. No, yeah, sense. I agree. I agree. have to I be agree. careful what we choose. The same mm-hmm. way that we are careful in choosing protocols for preparing yes. the samples, you need mm-hmm. to be also careful yes. where you put the money on because let's not forget that most of the money that we use in science is taxpayers' money. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. you know, and it's money that people give us or oh, we apply f- mm-hmm. to get right? to get mm-hmm. it, it comes from 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 taxes and all of that mm-hmm. which i think it, it's a good investment but it has to be used wisely yeah and i think the key is always for to choose a protocol technology uh, instrument is knowledge you need to get all the knowledge that you can get to do a good decision and Absolutely. for that we return to the same thing ask 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 <laughs> so yeah <laughs> because of course as you said companies do marketing their technology is the best. Their instrument is the best. But then there are the real users like us, right? <laughs> and we know the problems that we face and the uh, limitations. And yeah, and we are honest, right? <laughs> so <Absolutely>. yeah. <laughs> as, as, we are honest together. Yes, yes, yes. So where are you now? Where is your lab right now in Australia, South Australia? Tell me a little bit. My lab bit. is in, so it's within the South Australian Immunogenomics Cancer Institute. That's a mm-hmm. mouthful. But mm-hmm. within the Epigenetic Center, the Adelaide Center mm-hmm. for Epigenetic in South Australia. Okay, yeah. So here, have... what we do with single cell and spatial omics, we actually cover pretty much everything that is single cell and try to take a little bit of the flavors of all the technologies on the mm-hmm. spatial. And in epigenetics? You are doing single cell chromatin or single nuclei chromatin at the, at the moment. A taxi. Yes, mm-hmm. all of that. Something yep. else? And yeah, we are moving on. We're not doing methylations at the moment. We're just only mm-hmm. doing chromatin accessibility and some histone marks. Okay. And yeah, so single cell. And also we want to do a little bit of spatial as well. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of R&D involved in that, but we're still early stages. Okay. And do you have open positions? Because I know that a lot of people that is listening to us uh, uh, yes. is willing to yes. go and work with so, you. <laughs> at the moment, so. uh, mostly there is a there is an advertised bioinformatics position and there will be another one bioinformatics and hopefully another lab technology developing kind of mm-hmm. position. At the mo- What I'm needing at the moment is bioinformaticians because okay. we generate so much data and we need to be able yeah. to process it. <laughs> uh, I'm relying at the moment on collaborators that have mm-hmm. a very good bioinformatician.
clinicians that have had a lot of experience in single cell or spatial. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for me to to do that. But uh, we have a postdoc coming from New Zealand to to do spatial, sorry, Mm -hmm. to do informatics as well. So yes, it's growing slowly, but steadily. And, you know, (laughs) hiring is a challenge today. I think it's more difficult than understanding what the technologies do, but we're going to get there. And where people can find you on Twitter, of course, because you are always... Twitter is the easiest one, (laughs) or or they can email me. My my email address is on the website, but you can always email me or Mm -hmm. tweet if you tweet, or if you uh, personal message on Twitter, I will Mm -hmm. 100% reply. Yes. Okay. I will leave all the links in the podcast episode description. So people will contact you for sure. (laughs) There is something that you would like to add, to mention. Yeah, well, look, I, I just want to say, to all these youngsters and this is not just only on the single cell I, I just want to say mm-hmm. that the this is more life advice than anything else it's mm-hmm. like science is a is a journey that it's not easy that <laughs> you're gonna find a lot of rocks along your way and, and a lot of challenges but you need to follow your heart do what you love and, and love everything that you do in science and don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do this you can always do that mm-hmm. and uh, a career path it's not what people tell you to do is what yep. you want of that career path mm-hmm. to be yeah. of course you have to fit the template but you can also follow your own random path and get to whatever you want if you put your mind on it i agree and work on it <laughs> right I, yeah very hard yes yeah because and also people... be nice to be nice to other yes. scientists because <laughs> if you help other scientists trust me those mm-hmm. scientists are going to be reviewing your grant sometime and they're going to remember how nice you were <laughs> It's true. <laughs> no, but more than that, if you need help, they will help you <laughs> if you are nice. <laughs> no, yeah, it's true, Lou, because when people look at you, they see you, Lou, Luciano Martelotto, a reference in single cell, they think, for example, that your life as scientist is very easy, right? It's very well known. Is uh, Yeah, no, no, it's what people think, but the reality is not like that. Or Definitely. myself, Definitely. when people see myself, ah, she's always always smiling she is positive yeah but there are periods of our professional careers that were tough right Absolutely. we need to work a lot things don't work people treat you differently or treat you badly mm-hmm. and, and shout at you and you know we are normal people we all have those things <laughs> yes. but we also have the people that like you that treat you well that mm-hmm. respect you so, and, and we do this because of that not for the other ones and yes. I actually thank those the bodies if Me it wasn't too. for them I would be pushed you know to, yeah. to do better things. so I yes, think yes, in yes. a way you need them both, right? But I just want the new, the students or the younger mm-hmm. students or younger scientists that the only path is the one that you create in science. Yeah. And nobody can tell you what you what mm-hmm. you can do and what you cannot do. You can do everything. Yeah, I agree. So thank you so much. So no, thank you. This, is, this yeah. has been a lot of fun. Yes, <laughs> for me too. So thank you so much. And I hope to see you in other episodes <laughs> because I know that we have a lot yeah. of things to talk about. <laughs> I was like chatting. I know. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now that Luciana is not listening, I have to tell you that Lou is a true researcher, a true scientist. And what do I mean with this? Well, that he really knows what he talks about. He knows about experiments, about technology, because he did it, or is doing it, or at least it will be interesting and it will be kind of studying to know more about it. And if he doesn't know, he will also tell you, I don't know. Well, he's very honest. Believe me, in a world of egos, it is very difficult to find people like him. And what moves him? What moves him is real science, doing the difference, doing better, not bureaucracy, politics, no. And in my opinion, I think he's doing a great job and he will continue doing it because he's helping everyone that contacts him concerning a single cell experiment. So if you didn't know him, follow him. People like him make science available for everyone, independently of the part of the world where that person is living. Fun fact, yes, we are friends, we have projects in common, but we never met in person, only online. One day we will, I'm sure. Is everything for today? Thank you so much. Ah, by the way, at the beginning of May, I will do a course, a single cell technology course entitled Exploring the Cutting Edge World of Single Cell Technology. And this is an introductory course to the single cell technology. I will talk about all the types of single cell technology, single cell omics. There will be also a part of introduction to data analysis, next generation sequencing. So you have more details on the description of this podcast because I will leave there the link for you to, to see the details of this course, but also in the webpage. And by the way, if you would like to support this podcast, now you have a way to do it. I will leave also the link where you can pay me a coffee. So thank you so much for listening to me and see you next Monday. Thanks for listening to the Single Cell World podcast. If you think it was useful or you learned something new, please spend some seconds rating this podcast on Spotify or leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. It will make me super, super happy. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.